So I had a client call last week and, <laughs> and I'm willing to bet my left hit that it doesn't look like any client call that you've probably had. Um, it was a video meeting <laughs> and Bob, we'll call him Bob. Bob was there in his living room or his bedroom, sorry. And he was in his bedroom, stripped down naked, completely exposed, dropped down on his knees. And <laughs> I understand for a lot of you, that's like, whoa, 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 whoa. But that's not even actually the best part. Uh, Bob had 12 clothespins attached to his cock. <laughs> and at one point, I, his face, he's just in agony. You can, t- you can tell this hurts, right? And at one point, I told him to start helicoptering his dick, which is covered in clothespins. And he looks at me, no, no, he's like whining. And I'm like, yes, do it, do it now. And so he starts to do it. And I say, do it until I say stop. And then at one point, I say, do you really want to stop? And he says, yes. And I say, okay, send $500. And... <laughs> <laughs> I could see the the look in his face of of just just agony and joy and and so he did and then I let him stop even after he sent though I made him do it a few more times just to like really pound in my dominance um, and then he stopped and uh, <laughs> and some of you might be asking but why but why and the short answer is that he begged for it he begged for it and he also paid an hourly rate that is higher than what most attorneys charge. And so when I got off that phone call, I asked myself, how the fuck did I get here? <laughs> Dreams can come from nightmares too. The queendom will take over you. Dreams can come from nightmares too. The queendom will take over you. Well, holy shit, we are back. <laughs> welcome to Thy Queendom Come. I am Queen Lo, and welcome back to all of my OG listeners, OG sluts, um, who know that it has been a year and a half since I have sat behind this microphone. And let me tell you, a fucking shit ton has happened. A lot has happened. But most importantly, most significantly, I, your Queen Lo, which has been my name in my iPhone since I was like 12, by the way. Like, <laughs> that's totally random. Um, I became an official online dominatrix on September 27th of 2022. So a little over a year ago. And in my first month in October of 22, I pulled in over 10 fucking K. What, what? Snaps all around. Cheers. Yes. Which, okay, was fucking significant. It is significant. And I'll tell you why. Because, yes, I was podcasting, exploring the world, sexuality. Um, and I had an OnlyFans where I was like expressing my feminine power and I was feeling good in my essential and sexuality. But I don't know how much any of you know about OnlyFans. In my experience, if I'm not like finger blasting myself to God, I'm not making a shit ton of money on OnlyFans in that way. It just, it's just not, you know, whatever it is. Anyways, so I had to kind of, in podcasting, like podcasting in and of itself uh, does not bring in a shit ton of money. So, I mean, I'm sure a ton of you guys were out there just like, what do you do for money? And honestly, (laughs) It just came to me, okay? <laughs> like, I couldn't fucking tell you. But, uh, so going from figuring it out, I was moving to Mexico, 
because I wanted to be in fucking Mexico and was like, what the fuck am I going to do? And then all of a sudden I will detail all of, you know, I will detail all these things. Um, but a year later, here we are. I have pulled in over six fucking figures and yes, bitches. <laughs> And yeah, that first month is now one of my smaller months. So everything I do, all the work I do is legal. <laughs> Thy Queendom Come is now an official business uh, that pays taxes. Um, and I have an accountant, S-Corp. I can, I can, one of those people learning all them loopholes, like all you other rich motherfuckers out there. I never thought I'd be in bed with Uncle Sam, but here we are. That's me. That's me. Yes, it's a business. I have an amazing team of people, uh, that I pay. Um, holy shit. Like I was literally living in a tent, like in the Philippines with bug, bug bites in my fucking hair a couple years ago. This is all so crazy. Um, I live in a beautiful house in the tropics with my partner, which I know you fuckers are going to have a lot of questions about and don't worry, it's coming. <laughs> so, so I understand that a lot of you, uh, who, you know, my own, my OG people have, you know, been wondering what the fuck I've been up to. And I get it. So has my family. My grandma called me and asked in the midst of this a couple, a couple of months ago, if I was a porn star, like, so what if I am grandma? Like, so what if I am? Um, but no, uh, I do appreciate so many of the messages. Uh, some of you sent to my mother on Facebook telling her that I, <laughs> telling her that I'm in your heart and literally, literally, quite literally, in, in, like, like, in not so many words, wondering what street corner they can find me on to fucking drop off a gift basket. Like, I understand I was very public for a while and then I kind of dove off, but like, you know, <laughs> but I can understand why some of you are concerned, especially, yeah, I, I just, I get it, okay? No need for explaining. Um, my worst fear in starting a podcast, especially a podcast that is so raw and open and talks about such things, um, my worst fear was just suddenly quitting. Like, just fucking quitting. Like, just sayonara, fuck off. Like, I am disappearing and not only did that happen, but it was the first time in 20 something episodes that I released a part one of a part fucking two episode. And you know what happened to that part two episode? It never got released. It never got released. In one sense, I dropped off. I did drop off the podcast, Instagram, social media gives me fucking anxiety anyways. But I wasn't just fucking smoking pot and living my best life. I mean, I was, but the reason I started the podcast in the first place was it was a vehicle for exploring my own journey and living in LA of all places and working on the podcast obviously gave me access to all sorts of experiences and relationships. It also ended some uh, but I found myself, <laughs> I found myself exploring, um, ethical non-monogamy, going to sex parties, uh, <laughs> having conversations with sex workers and people in the lifestyle and lifestyle being the ethical non-monogamy world, everything from swinging to polyamory. Um, and in, in the midst of all of this, uh, early in 2022, 
I was invited to observe a session with a professional dominatrix. So let's pause. I imagine you're definitely wondering what the fuck went down at that session. I'm definitely curious as to what you're picturing. (laughs) Every example that I have seen come out of Hollywood whips, chains, men getting the shit literally kicked out of them. Uh, With the exception of, I'm actually watching right now, I'm in the middle of season two of Billions. And because I, some of my clients, some of my subs compared me to the, the woman on there who is a therapist by day and dominatrix with her partner by night, which I'm not. Anyways, we're getting into that later. And as far as I, I haven't seen the entire the entire series, but as far as season one goes and first part of season two, it's a really cool depiction of of a dominatrix um, in a way that I haven't really seen a lot in pop culture. But with the exception of that, I think, you know, anytime I tell someone I am a dominatrix, they back the fuck up and they're like, whoa, like, are you going to stomp on my dick now? Like, where's your chains? Where's your flog? I mean, I have taken my crop and my paddle to the bar once after a session and I did end up whipping some ass on Sunset Boulevard at the fucking Whiskey A Go-Go. It was awesome. (laughs) So, so what the fuck am I talking about here? My OG subby, we're going to call him Paul. He reached out to me and had listened to a couple episodes of the podcast and asked me if I wanted to come observe and potentially even direct his, his session with his professional Dom. And the thing that was cool about this was that through all throughout the podcast, very early on, I started getting really amazing messages from listeners, people I knew from 20 years ago and people I didn't know were sending me these long, beautiful, thoughtful messages. And I was responding and, and I was, I wanted to be there, but, and it was overwhelming though, because how the fuck, I can't pay my fucking bills with these beautiful connections that I'm having, but I wish I could. Right. And I said that the whole time I was like, I wish, I wish I could make money by being here and, and having these stories and, and engaging with people. And, and, uh, so the fact that, he approached me and wanted to have a conversation about his experiences and his his submissiveness and invite me into that experience and actually compensate me, compensate me really well uh, for my time uh, was like a fucking obvious no-brainer. So due to scheduling conflicts, the first time we were supposed to meet, uh, I was supposed to meet with him and the dom. It didn't work out, and I ended up meeting him right after, uh, right after his dom appointment. It was his first time with her, and <laughs> and the first thing he said when we met, well, he handed me an envelope of cash um, and compensated me like a dominate, like another dom, which was fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. And and then the first thing he said to me was, "Wow, my ass really hurts." <laughs> And I was like, oh, gosh, I was like, well, tell me more, uh, obviously. (laughs) So he began telling me about his session, which obviously I found wildly interesting. But within the first few minutes, I found myself 
so intrigued with just peeling back the layers of how did we even get here? How did you get here? Who are you? Like, where did this submissive slut inside of you come from? Because if I passed you in Ralph's, I would not think that you were fucking sucking giant strap on 15 minutes ago and you, that your asshole is screaming because of it. Uh, and within a few minutes, we, he was telling me a story and how when he was 19 years old, he had a relationship, a dom sub. It was the first of its kind for him. Um, FLR, female led relationship, though it seems that it was more like sexual in nature purely, but they had this summer together and she was dominant. She kind of trained him, trained his ass, made him do things, made him make her come six times before he was ever allowed to even touch his dick. Uh, and then unfortunately at the end of that summer, lines were crossed that were traumatizing to put it bluntly, like traumatizing, hurtful to him. The relationship ended and he went into his twenties. We're going to call him Paul. Paul went into his twenties and all of a sudden years later, years later, Paul finds himself fantasizing about it. And to be honest, not just about all of the good stuff. Like Paul was actually fantasizing about the more traumatic thing that that kind of pushed pushed the boundaries at in the end and and he wasn't equipped he wasn't he he was new to this right he obviously had a desire for a dominant woman and he obviously had this submissive desire inside of him however how the fuck are we supposed to engage with that right like none of us are taught how to engage with that uh so years later into his 20s he found himself fantasizing and I can tell you now, having been doing this for about a year and a half, that that is not uncommon for people to to relive their traumas, to relive their hurts, to take power over what hurts them. Small penis humiliation, for example, <laughs> uh, where I'm humiliating someone for their small dick. They're taking power over the fact that they have a small dick. We'll talk about all of this more more later. But Paul, in his 20s, decided to go to a sort of kink therapist, a sex therapist, and she actually led him into a pro dom session where he kind of relived a lot of these a lot of these experiences um, and acted them out and processed them through this with a trained professional there his, his therapist and then also a professional dominatrix um, or the professional sex workers you know this allowed him to address his desires that are there and the trauma and um his experiences and find healthy channels and ways to actually engage with those things and not only engage with those desires, but engage with them in a way that doesn't blow up his entire fucking life. Right. I'm sure you can imagine the ways that, that it could since then, I can't tell you how many subs, how many clients have come to me looking for that very structure, the structure to engage with the parts of themselves that are there they're not going anywhere, uh, but also their life, <laughs> their real life that they don't want to blow up and they actually want to make better. They, they want to, to live a turned on, excited life. You know, I am not into the subs <laughs> that have definitely called me and they want to fantasize about getting gang banged by, you know, their sister's cheerleading team or, you know, fucking zipped in a 
duffel bag and fucking left for, I mean, seriously, like crazy shit. Like, I'm just not really into it. I'm into the shit that's rooted in reality. I'm into learning how to engage with your desires, your submissive side, what you want, what you, what you need, how to engage with it, how to express it, how to take that out there and utilize it in your conversations, in your relationships, in the way that you choose partners. And it can actually make your life fucking better versus denying it, suppressing it, or engaging in this cycle of deny, 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 binge, 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 regret, 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 guilt, guilt. I mean, it just never ends, right? But address being able to address your desires and and creating a, a life, a structure where you can engage with them in a healthy way. And that, my friends, is what I have become very skilled at. Uh, I feel like I've always been kind of skilled at that, honestly, except there was no structure. Like I had to get some structure in my own motherfucking life before I could start start dishing it out. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the thing is, my my subs are better fucking people. They're better bosses. They are better partners. They're better fathers. They're better leaders. Most of my clients, most of my subs are out in the world being dominant as fuck. And they come and get on their knees here. They engage with their softer sides, their more compassionate sides, the sides that fucking listen and surrender, relax, you know, and they go out into the world and they're fucking better for that. They're better for that. But you know, this, this convo, this conversation with my OG subby with Paul, bless him, it had me really exploring what it could mean to be a dom, like the positive impact that I could have after what I have been known as by my dear Liv, you guys know Liv, Liv Hurricane, Hurricane Lauren, that was my name for a long time. Hurricane Lawrence coming coming through the town, fucking hurricaning it up, leaving destruction in my wake. Uh, but now here I'm like I'm like wow I could use my powers for good. So Paul called me a few months later, a few weeks later, and actually asked me to be involved in a session uh, as as an observer, still as an observer, as a as a director no expectations, just going in to, to witness, to be a part. And, but as you guys can probably fucking guess, I had a whip in my hands within like 30 seconds of being there. Like I had found my calling, making the world a better place by putting men on their fucking knees. Yes, and we're not stopping until we get to the Capitol. That's literally how I feel. That's literally how I feel. Uh, but no, seriously, hear me out. If you listen to season one of the podcast, which I've taken off and I'm probably going to turn into an NFT at some point. So because <laughs> my slutties will pay like fucking high dollar for those. Okay. Um, season one was chaos and love. That was me. Okay. Chaos and love. I was going all over the world. I was telling stories of being all over the world with, you know, connecting with guys. That was my favorite hobby. I mean, I wanted to turn it into a job. Seriously. I just connected with everyone. And there's literally a joke among my friends that when I tell them, we had such a good connection and like, they'll be like, was it was it so special? Was it such a special connection? I'll be like, I met this guy. And they're like, did you guys have such a special connection? And I'm like, yes, like, but you don't get it. It was special. It was special. No, I I don't want to like marry him. Like I, I don't even care if I ever see him again. Really. I just like, it was a beautiful connection that enriched my fucking life. Like, I'm sorry. (laughs) So, oh God. Uh, But you know, the thing is, my connecting 
uh, all over the world, my, my fun country code boyfriends and such. I loved it. It wasn't, it was never malicious, but it was a game. It was a game. And what I've realized about myself was I was never actually in it for the sex, which like I thought at times I was like back in the day, you know, I totally wasn't. I totally wasn't. I loved the back and forth, like the challenge. Some of the guys who have like fallen fucking victim who are my prey, they're probably like, oh, it took you so long to fucking realize that, you dumb cunt. Um, guys, I'm learning, okay? <laughs> I know what it was. It was the game, you know? It was, it was the back and forth, the challenge. I loved dominating without actually realizing I was doing it. You know, I love the emotional and mental stimulation, uh, you know, the, the weaving my way through their brains, you know, and like, honestly, like I'm, I'm never mind. I don't even have, I'm not going to sound too vain. I'm just not going to, I'm going to stop. Like, listen, I know I'm awesome. Like, I just liked hearing it a lot, I guess. I don't fucking know. <laughs> oh, at some point it got to be like, okay, I'm fucking done. I know I'm awesome. Like, I want you to be awesome. I want, I'm, I'm tired of being told I'm awesome. Like, why don't you be fucking awesome? You know, what's awesome fucking putting three bananas up your ass. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, no, but I, I did. I love that stimulation, but the impact, the impact was pure, pure chaos. It was such chaos. It was like, it was a superhero learning to channel their powers that was me. You know, they can, I, they can cause a lot of destruction in the process. You need your Alfred, your Yoda. You need the path be given to you, you know, I don't know, but channel differently. You know, when you start to channel those superpowers, fuck man, epic force for good. That was me. That was me. Fucking professional ho, ho powers, all my ho powers being channeled for good. Uh, because in being a dominatrix, I found that I could actually create this positive space for my clients to engage, to be themselves. And honestly, like to talk candidly about their sex life, their history, their trauma. Um, they don't fucking know me. I don't know them. I don't know their friends. I don't know their fucking girlfriend. Like they could actually talk to me. And it's crazy the way now I know some of my subs. I, I know some things about them that not a single motherfucker in this world knows, you know, and if they get to, they get to share that somewhere. And that's really fucking cool. You know, I get to fuck with them. I get to fuck with them. I love fucking with them. And you know, it's because they want it. They're paying for it. They're paying a lot for it. And sometimes, like, sometimes these guys want me to just, like, be, like, full-ass mean, which I am not. Like, I'm not. I'm not. Even if I'm humiliating you, like, I'm humiliating you for pretending that you're anything other than a fucking slutty, slutty slut on your knees, like, begging to suck my toes. Like, that's what I'm humiliating you for, you know? Like, I'm not mean. But anyways, I do love to fuck with them. They fucking love it. And I've always done this, you know, on my first day of seventh grade at a new school with a an awful two-toned mullet and braces and my eyes god bless my my middle school self my eyes were too big for my face like it hadn't grown in yet and my first period first day my math teacher uh 22 year old young lady first year teaching you know and like ask us to introduce ourselves and say an interesting fact and I shit you not, I got up there and I said, hello, my name is Lauren and I have a master's degree in boys. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> who gave me the audacity? Like who gave me that right? 
literally some of the girls had a nickname for me like fucking because of my last name like mole rat i looked like a mole rat okay like do you think i i didn't think i looked like a fucking mole rat i clearly thought i was a rock star anyways this has just always have been how it is <laughs> you know what i'm saying like <laughs> But this finally gave me a context to engage with men as me, who I am. This reckless, fucking smoking hot, <laughs> uh, manipulative bitch. Just kidding. No. Uh, but yeah, I got to uh, be me and also allow a space for them to be them and process their feelings and trauma in the safe space and fucking get paid fat for it. Uh, but then they take what they've learned and bring it back to their real lives where it can have a direct impact on their families, their jobs, their communities. I get to be fun, cheeky, fuck with them. But at the end, everyone feels fucking great about it. The same way I used to like go out and fuck with men at the bars at extraordinary levels, except everyone leaves feeling like they have received value and I don't wake up any in any strange garages, mattresses with no sheets. I mean, it's a win-win. It truly is. This idea of toxic masculinity, which we love. <laughs> flows out of a culture that doesn't allow men to acknowledge or engage with their submissive sides, with their softer sides, with the parts of them that are traditionally more feminine. It also pushes a narrative that they have to be alpha in the bedroom. They have to fuck a woman to God, make her see stars, when a lot of men don't want to be alpha in the bedroom, actually, truly. Like they don't, a lot of guys don't want to make decisions in the boardroom and the bedroom all day, every day. And then also expected to know exactly what to do in this moment, you know, have to make that decision and, and all that pressure is on them all day. And now also in the bedroom, a lot of guys just don't fucking want that truly more than you can imagine. But the other hard truth, which is just all around us, all around us, ladies, is that some of these fuckers don't have the ability to fuck a woman to God or make her see stars. It's not in the cards. It's never fucking happening, okay? It's just not. I have seen more micro, average, botched, and sad-looking penises than you could ever fucking imagine. I am telling you, I want to do a fucking whole episode about uh, how hard I feel it has changed everything. You know, like I just look at some men and they act some ways and I'm like, oh, like I get it. I know why. Like that doctor fucked your circumcision up and now your cock points weirdly to the left because your skin is pulled too tight. It's three tones and it's crooked and it's lumpy. And God, RIP your foreskin. Like it's tough. It's tough. I get it. I feel you. Some of these guys are just never going to fuck a woman to God, whether it's the length, the size, the narrative that you're given in pop culture that you guys are, are meant to, are meant to perform in this way. And it, it's just not happening. And, and that's tough. And ladies, your husband's cocks are, are, you know, they're average or perhaps there's, you know, something going on there, like performance wise and like, Come on, like you can feel it. You guys both feel it. You guys might not talk about it, but like there's a frustration there. And what's funny is like women joke about it. Women actually joke about it. Like a guy will be like aggro and it'll be like, oh my God, he has a small cock. And it's like, okay, we're all joking, but we're serious. It's true. He does. Like that guy with the massive truck who's like overcompensating, he is. His dick looks like a fucking shriveled up pencil. Like, and he's mad about it. 
Or like the guy who has a bunch of employees or like has a bunch of money and he's like spent his whole life overcompensating and like needing to amount to something because the one thing, you can work hard and make money. You can go be fake. You can get Botox. You can get weight loss surgery, whatever. You know what you can't do? You can't fix your fucking dick. You can't. You can't. You're stuck with it. And at times it must feel like God hates you. Okay. And that's what we deal with. Okay. It's sad. It's sad. And when, so when you're dealing with that guy at work, ladies, you know, your boss who's gotten here on driven off of that fire and what he's told like his whole life he should be, you know, and there's just this one area and you're like, fuck, like he's overcompensating for something like stop second guessing yourself. It's true. I am here to tell you it's true. But anyways, I digress. <laughs> or do I? I don't know. I feel like that was a progression personally. Um, but I didn't mean to go there. But here we are. Um, so, <laughs> so the thing is, is you have all these fucking guys. And guys, you're, so I feel like some people are listening to me. Like only these like sad, pathetic guys. There can't be that many. And when I tell you that like, I, I told you motherfuckers I brought in over six figs off the, uh, uh, like off of this, this, the last year and a fucking half. Like it's all around you. It's all around you guys, people in general, but guys like men who never feel okay in their masculinity, like they don't because they're told what ma masculinity is and they don't, their masculinity doesn't look like that based on either phys physically or some of them, I have subs who have huge cocks and they still want to get fucking pounded out. Okay. Like it just, for whatever reason, masculinity doesn't look, masculinity doesn't look the way it's supposed to. Uh, quote unquote, and then creeps in this frustration, this repressed rage uh, at the inability to be a man that culture says they are supposed to be. And it leaks into behavior. It leaks into behavior. Fuck. I could talk forever about this. It exhibits itself as this toxic masculinity, quote unquote. <laughs> These desires will express themselves somehow. And some of them, it doesn't even have to be toxic necessarily. I mean, it's kind of all is, but repression they and desire, it lives in the brain, in the bedroom. It ripples out. It makes us second guess ourselves. It comes out, you know, when we are, we go, we drink and it comes out or when we're angry or when we're sad, these things seem to just creep up. And if we don't know how to deal with them, it just makes shit spiral out of control. Like it truly does. I'm sure everyone can think of, of, of a story. We think about as humans, we think about sex all the time, constantly. And not just sex, the physical act, though, my guys out there. <laughs> but no, but, but women too. We think about sex all the time and not just the physical act of sex, but who we are in sex, what we desire, what we like, what we don't like, how we perform, how we don't perform, how we create, how we can't create, how we measure up, how we compare, all of those things in sex that are so deeply, deeply personal and intimate, they are very reflective of our life and outside of the bedroom. When you intentionally engage with this shit, with your shit, <laughs> when you know who you are and you can articulate it, and begin to fuse bits of yourself, your favorite self into your life, your community, your work, your, your existing relationships, they profit. 
They get so much fucking better. And I see it every single day, every single fucking day. And something I'm asked a lot is what if I'm working with clients who are married or in serious relationships and whether or not their partner knows that they engage with me, how I feel about it, how I feel about them not knowing. And I can tell you this, that every situation is different. But the work that I'm doing in very real and practical ways is leading men, normal, average men, to just be less fucking angry, hey? More engaging, more sympathetic, more empathetic. It's ironic because I feel that in some cases, the people in my subs' lives, their wives, their families, they would probably hate my whore fucking guts if they knew about my existence. Um, <laughs> but, but at the end of the day, they are benefiting in a very real way from the work that we are doing. And I will fucking die on this rock because I have, I have been, uh, my subs since the beginning have called me a sort of holistic fetish therapist. And I have seen the change in my subs. I've seen I've seen the shift in their lives. I have seen their actions start to align more with their desires. And I have seen the positive benefits around them. And I think that that, like, that, that creates generational change when someone can take the time and the intention to actually focus on the shit inside of them and engage in it in a way that doesn't make their fucking life explode. <laughs> you know, those healthy outcomes are felt by everyone around them. And even if they have a hard time experience, understanding what their partner's experience, experiencing, they're living with the positive benefits from it. Obviously in a perfect world, obviously in a perfect world, they would know and support. And I have some situations like that and it is beautiful. There's boundaries, there's certain do's and don'ts, but whether or not they, they know does not discount the importance of doing the work, figuring yourself out, acknowledging one's own desires and the shit inside of them. And like I've said since day one is that this shit comes out regardless. The subs I deal with, the thousands of men that I have met with in the last year and a half, if they had not taken the intention and put in the effort to figuring out a structure to engage with this part of themselves, a lot of these motherfuckers would be at the bar engaging with the, this part of themselves in a lot more fucked up way with someone who doesn't give a shit about them, who doesn't know what the fuck they're doing there, who is not a professional and who doesn't care about the person you care about or doesn't care about you. <laughs> and so while yes, it's sensitive that I work with people's boyfriends and husbands and brothers and fathers, at the end of the day, I rest knowing that the benefit is felt. And I think everyone has a personal responsibility to feeling good because people who feel good make other people feel good. Hurt people hurt people. Inspired people inspire people. Fulfilled people fulfill people. And at the end of the day, that's what I'm fucking doing. Like that's, <laughs> that's my rock. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. Uh, no, just kidding. But, um, <laughs> I do. No, at the end of the day, I think, I think it is a fucking sign of strength. I really do to pursue your pleasure and desires in an intentional way rather than just suppressing them and then letting them blow up. You know, most of my married clients, literally the majority, the majority, the vast majority of my married clients and the ones who are in serious relationships, they call me because they want to make their shit work. 
They love their wives. They love their partners. They love their families. They want this shit to work, but they cannot deny this part of themselves that wants to get on their knees and fucking suck a vibrating strap on and be told that they're a good little slut and maybe take a little kick to the balls. Why that's there, I don't fucking know, okay? But it is. It's real. And it's probably there with a lot more of you motherfuckers right now than any of yous would think. (laughs) Sexuality is one of the only areas that everyone wants to fucking excel in. Everyone wants to be good at it. Everyone wants to be a fucking pro slut, okay? But training in it is considered taboo. It's weird. But the subs that I work with, I mean, I don't know who you guys picture that I have, you know, with clothespins on their cocks and bent upside down and jizzing all over their own fucking face and stuff. But I can assure you it's not some fucking weirdo uh no these fuckers are successful they're wealthy they're good looking they're your bosses and your neighbors they're they're your dads sorry guys it's just it's the truth it's the truth husbands boyfriends brothers and i do want the whole world to know seriously that i hold that fact i hold that with such care and love I take it very seriously and I, I hold them professionally and with that care because this this industry can get such a bad rap like and there is there are people doing it fucking terribly and at the end of the day like I've always just wanted to make the world a little better hey like there's so much shit there's so much fucked up shit and you know what's at the at the fucking core of a lot of that fucked up shit angry men fucking angry men Angry, repressed, sad, pathetic men with tiny penises. And I mean this with like so much love in my heart. Seriously, it's true. Like, and guys, don't feel bad about any of the subs that I'm talking about right now. And don't feel bad for laughing about them because they're getting off to it right now. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Uh, At the end of the day, so much of the world's problems could just be solved if men would. I'm looking at all you fuckers could just get in touch with their softer sides. And sometimes, you know, that softer side comes under my fucking heel, okay? So I'm in the business of making this world better, even with financial domination, which we're gonna talk about next week. I never actually wanna ruin my my sluts' lives, right? A, you do me no good if you're ruined, but B, like, I want you to be better. I don't want you to be an asshole at work. Treat your wife with some goddamn respect. Go get her some flowers. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a home wrecker. I'm a home improvement. Okay. The last thing the world needs is more angry men. So I just want you to know that while a lot of you guys probably feel a lot of things about me right now, I'm doing the best that I can. And I truly do believe, <laughs> I believe in this mission that I'm on and I, and I hold it with great care. I hold it. I really do. One point further is that the people who come to me, yes, it is, it's a privilege to be able to come to a pro dom, to be able to come here and pay for it, especially at my rates these days. Mm-mm-mm. It's a privilege. Um, but it also shows intention, right? Like it shows, like, I have a lot of people coming to me, like, listen, like, I don't want to go to Vegas and go out and, and lose my shit and cheat on my wife. And like, and some people are like, oh, just don't do it. Well, that's not how the fucking world works, Karen. Okay. Shut the fuck up. It doesn't work like that. 
Like, these guys are actually trying to do practical things, not pray it the fuck away, okay? They're trying to do practical things, and we create practical structures so that they don't act like a jackass. They're willing to, they're willing to invest in it, and I think that's so fucking powerful. And I think submission, when it's a choice, true submission is a choice. It's powerful to make that choice when you don't have to but you're choosing to step into this space. You could just go about your life denying the, this part of yourself and overcompensating and believing that you have to be in this dominant role of making decisions and bearing all responsibility all the fucking time because you've achieved success. And it's exhausting and we are multidimensional, complex human beings. And the subs who get on their knees in front of me, they display that, they show that in the most real and human way possible. They show that they can be they are so many different things. They're not a gay boy. They're not, they wouldn't even identify as gay. What the fuck is that? They're not, you know, they're not this like alpha male, like, ooh, macho, machi machismo fucking bullshit. They are just somewhere in the gray experiencing their desires and engaging with it in a way that is making their lives light up, which is, I think is really fucking cool. And I do have, I have plenty of, plenty of fascinating subs. <laughs> And I do love uh, peeling back the layers of all this stuff, but to be very honest, these fuckers do some pretty wild things for me, like crazy, like, oh my God, jaw on the floor, holy shit, I can't believe this is fucking real right now. Can't believe I'm watching this A and B, I'm getting paid a shit ton to watch this, like, what is life? <laughs> So I'll be describing so much of that shit in future episodes. Um, so to, to wrap it up, no grandma, no grandma. I'm not a porn star. I'm also not a home wrecker. Home improvement. I'm a home improvement. Let that be known. Um, <laughs> and you can visit my website, thyqueendom.com. And you can find all of my links there, how to schedule a call. I still do limited in-person sessions, uh, but I, at this point, live in the tropics and travel the world and do most of my uh, doming dick via the interweb. I will be in Los Angeles January 13th to the 24th, representing Sex Panther at XBiz. And for those of you who are going to AVN, come see me at the Sex Panther booth on Friday the 26th from 6 to 8 and on Saturday from 2 to 4. I have a limited number of live sessions still available. Visit my website for more details about that and also applications to apply for an in-person session. And I also work deeply these days in the world of financial domination. <laughs> otherwise known as Fendom, which I'll be discussing in the next episode. And just to wet your whistle for that, let me tell you about our Slut of the Week. I'm going to make a song or something like that, a little tune, like Slut of the Week. So, so I was about to jump on a road trip to my mom's house a couple weeks ago, and I was doing a subscriber-only live on one of my platforms, and one of my subs came on, and I ended up there for much longer than I predicted because I took over his computer screen via, like, any desk. I took over his any desk and made him stand in the corner while I sent myself a whopping $1,200. Yay! Well, he stood in the corner and uh, didn't even watch while I did it. 
Yes, we fucking love that. So yeah, that is, that's FinDom. That's financial domination. That's next episode. Until then, stay fucking slutty always. And we're out. What you waiting for? She's got what you need while you over there at the door. Nightmares and dreams you just need believe. The queen has all that you should need. Just say the queen be dumb. Thy Queendom Come is a production of TQC LLC with original music by Guillermo Jamont Jr. and A.J. Laurie.